While the last two episodes have been focusing primarily on the practical side of our work, marketing and taking action in a crisis, today we're taking a little bit of a break from all the coronavirus crisis news and addressing our need as Christian business owners to look upward and take the time to consider what the resurrection means to our faith and then how the fact of the resurrection impacts every part of our lives, including our work. Keep listening to be encouraged. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode. Sunday was Easter Sunday, or as some prefer to refer to it, Resurrection Sunday. And I'm grateful that it really was a peaceful day for us, and I hope it was for you too. We joined our Sunday school class on Zoom, and then we watched our church's Easter Sunday worship service as a YouTube playlist, which is how we've been doing Sunday worship lately, like I know many of you are. We FaceTimed with family, and I made an Easter-ish lunch. We didn't want to get out the big ham we have in the freezer for just the two of us, so I made pork tenderloin, asparagus, and hash brown casserole, which is an Easter essential if you ask me. After all that, I enjoyed the peaceful activity of transferring a lot of my favorite recipes to official recipe cards while listening to Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters. If you're not familiar with singer-songwriter Andrew Peterson... I will link those albums in the show notes because the words to so many of those songs are so well-written and extremely thought-provoking. I also organized some old photos, which not only was an opportunity to quiet some of my thoughts, it was extremely nostalgic. And wow, was it obvious I was a child of the 80s. Remember Strawberry Shortcake, Rainbow Bright, and the Smurfs? Believe me, those all made multiple appearances in those old photos. So overall, it was a peaceful day. And of course, I'm referring to the peace we wish was everywhere and the kind that only comes from God himself. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So, so true. That should be our theme verse throughout this pandemic, don't you think? There is peace with the Lord that is out of this world, literally. So if you need a soul redirect from the pandemic news to the good news of the gospel, like I did on Sunday, and I still do, you're going to get that in this episode. In this episode, we're lingering a little while longer in Easter mode, and we'll be focusing on the truth of our resurrected Lord, who conquered death and won the ultimate victory. It's easy for us to separate that amazing truth from the harsh realities of everyday life, but we're going to look a little bit deeper here and see four ways the resurrection applies to our everyday life and work. And there's so many more than that. I'm going to start with a brief good news recap of the gospel, but before I forget, I want to share a couple things with you. First, in coming days, I'll be changing the name of this podcast to Working Upward. 
I love the title, Work is Good, but when it came time for me to create a new website around the podcast and my vision for helping women keep looking forward, thinking deeper, and and moving forward, looking upward, thinking deeper, and keep moving forward, workisgood.com just didn't feel right to me. And it was also taken. Someone else had that. So I experimented with a few different names and nearly jumped for joy when I saw that workingupward.com was available. And it carries the same focal point of this podcast, but in my opinion, in a much clearer way. And I'm all about that clarity. I'm only 10 episodes in, so if there's a time to change, it's now. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And I love that the name of my website and podcast will be the same. I think it will be less confusing for anyone familiar with both. So heads up there. The second thing I wanted to mention is this. A lot of women are searching for work-at-home opportunities right now as a way to pivot from a former in-house job or as a way to help pay the bills and support their families with a spouse out of work or another kind of reason. Uh, You name it, um, there are people that are really needing work-at-home opportunities. My Upward VA Roadmap course and support system is a wonderful tool for those ready to work from home in a virtual assistant role, so I've started an ambassador program to help get the word out there. This means ambassadors who share their unique link to the course that results in a purchase, a new student in the course, get a commission, and it's a significant one too. I'm only selecting a few ambassadors for this opportunity, so if this is something that interests you, please don't hesitate to go over to workingupward.com ambassadors to apply. It's totally free and there's nothing to lose, only more to gain. It's a win-win situation. Actually, it's a win-win-win situation. You'll earn extra income by simply sharing a helpful resource. Roadmap students get a whole lot and my business and my business will also grow. I'll include that link in the show notes and I hope you'll check that out. Well, the last two episodes have been focused primarily on the practical side of our work, marketing and taking action in a crisis, things that help us keep moving forward. But today we're addressing our need to look upward, zeroing in on our faith, what the resurrection means to our faith, and then how the fact of the resurrection impacts several other areas in our lives, including our work. I've titled this episode, Because He Lives, You Can... And before I fill in the blank there, I want to offer you an alternative to the coronavirus news and give you a recap of the good news which we find so conveniently laid out for us in a four-point list in 1 Corinthians 15, which is often called the resurrection chapter. In verses 3 through 8, we read, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according with the Scriptures, in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Did you catch the four points there? Number one, Christ died. Number two, Christ was buried. Number three, Christ was raised. And number four, Christ appeared. Make no mistake, all four things needed to happen for our salvation to happen and for the good news to spread. They are woven together in the beautiful plan of salvation, which we call the gospel or the good news. Christ needed to die to pay for our sins. 
He needed to be buried in order to raise again. And he needed to raise again to truly conquer death, which is our last enemy and the punishment of our sin. And of course, others needed to see him to share the news of his resurrection and to prove that he was God. He was who he said he was. In the rest of the chapter, Paul goes on to basically say, if Christ wasn't risen from the dead, we would have no faith and no reason to live. Everything Jesus taught in scripture would be completely vain. And in fact, worse than that, because if none of these things happened, the death, burial, resurrection, appearance of Jesus, then he would actually be a liar because he claimed he was God himself and that he would be resurrected. Conversely, because he did raise from the dead, we have every reason to believe and we have every reason to live. The resurrection of Christ validates the entire gospel, which is our foundation for life as committed Christians. It is essential to Christianity. In fact, it is unique to Christianity. No other religion has a leader who was dead, buried, and raised from the dead. All founders of other faiths are dead. So here it is. Because he lives, you can, number one, face tomorrow. Yes, exactly like the song by the Gaithers, if you're familiar with their gospel music. Take a moment with me now to think of some reasons you don't want to face something or even someone. What is usually the driver in those situations? Two things came to my mind first, and those were shame and embarrassment about something or dread and fear. The resurrection of Christ means he has paid the payment of our sins and has ultimately conquered death, which is what we owe for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He offers us that eternal life when we confess our sins, repent, and believe in him. We can believe in him because he lives just as he said he would. And when we believe in him, our sins are forgiven and there is no need for shame or embarrassment. He has removed our sins far from us, as far as the East is from the West. If you don't believe you can face tomorrow because you're ashamed or guilty of sin you have committed, all you need to do is confess it, repent, believe, and keep moving forward in Christ's strength alone. We can, in fact, face tomorrow. Head on, no shame or guilt about it, because When God saves us, God looks on Jesus and pardons us. Now let's talk about fear or dread a little bit here. There are things here on earth that we tend to dread. Disaster or hurt and pain or extreme loss. Okay, let's just get that out there. That's that those happen. But I think we can all agree that the worst thing that can really happen to us, at least from an earthly perspective, is death. And you know what death is? For believers, it's just our passage into heaven. There's an old hymn that says, Jesus lives and death is now but my entrance into glory. Courage then, my soul, for thou hast a crown of life before thee. Thou shalt find thy hopes were just. Jesus is the Christian's trust. Now think about it. If death is actually a good thing for us, what is there left to fear? at least permanently, no matter which way you slice it or what trial you're going through now, even though it may be absolutely horrible, you have an eternity with Christ in heaven waiting for you. There is joy in the morning and you have that joy because he lives. 
because he lives, you can truly face tomorrow. And it's a bright tomorrow. Okay, moving on. Because he lives, you can keep working. You want to know how Paul concludes the resurrection chapter? All 58 verses dealing with the resurrection of Jesus? Like this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And note this, he's not just saying keep working. He's saying abound in that work. And how can we abound? Because we're motivated with the highest motivation there is. We know our work always has a purpose and not just any purpose, an eternal purpose. When we create, when we heal, when we bring joy, when we improve anything by our work, we are also in a unique way, also demonstrating God's grand redemptive work. But wait, there's more. I've talked about it before here, and I'm happy to talk about it again. The new creation we read about in Revelation 21 and 22 isn't about a replacement creation. It's about a restored creation. Our work will still be present in the new creation, not as it is now, but in a transformed, better way. It's pretty incredible to think about, but in the light of the end of 1 Corinthians 15, we can be even more sure that there is a connection between our work and eternity. So if God says, let it abound, by all means, let's let it abound. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that it isn't just any work we're to abound in. It is the work of the Lord. Not necessarily formal ministry kind of work, but all work that aligns with the teaching of scripture. For more on that, I invite you to go back to my very first episode of this podcast called It's Nine O'Clock Somewhere or Why Work is Good. Yes, I slipped in two different titles in one there. I'm not sure what my reasoning was, but that's what I did. Because he lives, you can keep working, my friend. It has an eternal purpose. And because he lives, you can stop playing the comparison game. We all struggle with the comparison game to some degree. We look at our coworkers or other entrepreneurs and business owners, and instead of rejoicing in their success, we tend to focus mostly on ourselves and our faults or wonder why we aren't as successful as they are. And no doubt, our idea of success at that point is probably just a little bit skewed, right? And of course, the comparison game doesn't just happen in the business world. It happens everywhere, in our own families, in our circle of friends, at church, on Instagram, and other places where people tend to just show their own highlight reel. But the resurrection takes away all reason for any kind of comparison, period. We're all on equal footing. Now, the truth of the resurrection is so powerful. I don't really know how to start in some of these points. There are just so many facets and angles to it that apply in so many situations in every part of our life, actually. But for this one, our constant struggle with the comparison game, here's just one aspect of the resurrection among many that apply here. Because Christ arose, we can know for certain that he is a truth teller. He's the real deal. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is totally trustworthy. He did exactly what he said he would do. And what has he said about you that is also true? So many good things. First, 
He said he has a plan and he knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how personal he is with your plan. This means his story for you is your story. It's not someone else's. Does you no good to always be looking at someone else's story? I love the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And probably my favorite book in the series is The Horse and His Boy. One of my favorite parts of that book is the emphasis that Aslan, the gray lion, puts on the fact that each character, person or horse, had a unique story and they just needed to wait it out to see the beautiful ending. You know what else Jesus told you? Remember, he said he would rise again and he did. So everything he told us in scripture is absolutely true. He has also told you that once he saves you, you are forgiven. That means we don't have to strive for acceptance ever again. We are already accepted in the beloved. So there you go. Because he lives, you can trust him to keep his word and his plan for you. Because he lives, you are forgiven and no longer need to strive for acceptance from him or anyone else. Because he lives, you can stop the comparison game. Also because he lives, and this is the last one, you can be bold in sharing the good news of the gospel. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, what did he do? He gave the great commission, right? Let's read that in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Don't you just love that last part? There they were, 11 disciples, some still doubting, even after seeing him alive. Remember, they saw him die too, and it was a pretty gruesome, awful death. And how does Jesus encourage them to keep spreading the good news? By reminding them that he is with them always. He's with us always too. Why? Because he's alive. He arose. It's like he's saying, look, even death can't keep me away from you. I love what Paul says later in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. There is a direct link between the hope we have as Christians and our capacity to be very bold. Now, boldness, at least to me, is something a lot easier said than done. I need verses like these to help me. I need to remember that Jesus rose again, just as he said. I need to remember he is with me. And you know what? If I'm really honest with myself, most of the time that I am fearful or not bold, it's because I'm fearful about being politically incorrect. I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to be insensitive or uncaring. I don't want a lawsuit. And too often that makes me freeze and not say anything at all. But you know what I need to do when that happens? I need to remember that Jesus conquered Satan and death when he rose victorious from the grave. Jesus is alive and we through him have already won the battle. We can keep fighting for truth and sharing the gospel because we know the end of the story. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. 
Because he lives, you can keep working. Because he lives, you can stop the comparison game. And because he lives, you can be bold in sharing the good news. All right. Your mission, should you accept it, is this. Read the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and saturate yourself with the truth of the resurrection. Let its truth keep you hopeful and moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Work Is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, subscribe to my podcast emails so you don't ever miss an episode. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.